Dane, I'm hungry, Nolan says, tugging at the bottom of my shirt. I know, buddy. We're almost home, and then I'll find us something to eat, I say, trying to reassure him. The truth is, my mom has probably passed out on the couch in our living room. We have no money because she spends the check she gets every month on alcohol. Some days when we get home, we don't even have electricity. The cafeteria ladies are the only people who ever cook for us, and we'll be lucky if there's anything at all to eat when we get home. The saddest thing about it all? It's my normal. When I open the door to the apartment, my mom is where she usually is, passed out on the couch. She's wearing nothing but an old, ratty t-shirt, which isn't unusual. She always complains that she's hot. I hurry to cover up her legs, just in case someone knocks on our door, but no one usually does. I never invite friends over. Can you give me something to eat? Nolan asks, still standing near the door. I always tell him when it's safe to come in. Sometimes Mom has friends over, and they aren't very nice. On those days, Nolan and I hang out at the park until they're gone. Today, though, it's just Mom. I wave him toward the kitchen and begin to go through the cupboards, looking for anything I can make us for dinner. I'm not surprised to find nothing but a bunch of empty cupboards, with exception to the one that has Mom's alcohol in it. We're not allowed to touch that one. I try the fridge next, but all that's in there is an almost empty ketchup bottle. I can't let Nolan go without food tonight. Last night, we shared the last piece of bread and a handful of Lucky Charms, but that also meant that there was nothing left for breakfast this morning. Stay here. I'll be right back, I say to Nolan. I walk over to my mom, who is motionless, her mouth hanging open. I shake her shoulder gently, but she doesn't budge. I know that if I wake her up when she isn't ready, she'll be angry and yell really loud like she always does. I go to her bedroom to see if she has any money on her dresser. There's nothing, so I try Nolan and my bedroom next. I keep a jar of loose change I find around the house for days like this. I don't have a lot, but the grocery store always has something on sale. I find 66 cents and put it in my jean pocket. When I enter the kitchen again, Nolan is sitting against the cupboard with his head in his hands, elbows on his knees. His jeans have seen better days. They are filled with holes and grass stains. At least they fit, though. Mine are about six inches too short, and the button broke off months ago. I've told Mom that we need to go shopping, and she always says that we'll go tomorrow. I'm so sick of hearing about tomorrow. It never really comes. Hey, we need to take a walk to the store, I say, reaching for his hand. I don't want to. I'm too tired, he whines, rubbing his palm over his forehead. Come on. When we get home, I'll make you something to eat, and then we can lie in bed and do our homework. I help Nolan with his homework the best I can, but I suck at math. He takes my hand, and we start the eight-block walk to the small neighborhood grocery store. Our neighborhood is rough, so I hold Nolan's hand tight, especially when we walk past anyone on the sidewalk.
I see a kid learning to ride his bike with his dad, holding the back of his seat, and I think about my dad. I miss him. When he was still here, we lived in a nicer house. He would throw the baseball with me after school. We always had food. And we had Jenna.